Section 5 of Lourdes. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola. Translated by Ernest Vizetelli. The First Day. 5. Bernadette. The train left Bordeaux after a stoppage of a few minutes, during which those who had not dined hastened to purchase some provisions. Moreover, the ailing ones were constantly drinking milk and asking for biscuits like little children. And as soon as they were off again, Sister Hyacinthe clapped her hands and exclaimed, Come, let us make haste, the evening prayer. Thereupon, during a quarter of an hour, came a confused murmuring, made up of parters and aves, self-examinations, acts of contrition, and vows of trustful reliance in god the blessed virgin and the saints with thanksgivings for protection and preservation that day and at last a prayer for the living and for the faithful departed in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen it was ten minutes past eight o'clock the shades of night were already bedimming the landscape a vast plain which the evening mist seemed to prolong into the infinite and where far away bright dots of lights shone out from the windows of lonely scattered houses in the carriage the lights of the lamps were flickering casting a subdued yellow glow on the luggage and the pilgrims who were sorely shaken by the spreading tendency of the train's motion you know my children resumed sister hyacinthe who had remained standing i shall order silence when we get to la motte in about an hour's time so you have an hour to amuse yourselves but you must be reasonable and not excite yourselves too much and when we have passed la motte you hear me there must not be another word another sound you must all go to sleep this made them laugh oh but it is the rule you know added the sister and surely you have too much sense not to obey me since the morning they had punctually fulfilled the programme of religious exercises specified for each successive hour and now that all the prayers had been said the beads told the hymns chanted the day's duties were over and a brief interval of recreation was allowed before sleeping they were however at a loss as to what they should do sister suddenly said marie if you would allow monsieur l'abbé to read to us he reads extremely well and as it happens i have a little book with me a history of bernadette which is so interesting the others did not let her finish but with the suddenly awakened desire of children to whom a beautiful story has been promised loudly exclaimed oh yes sister oh yes sister of course i will allow it replied sister hyacinthe since it is a question of reading something instructive and edifying pierre was obliged to consent but to be able to read the book he wished to be under the lamp and it was necessary that he should change seats with monsieur de Gersin whom the promise of a story had delighted as much as it did the ailing ones and when the young priest after changing seats and declaring that he would be able to see well enough at last opened the little book a quiver of curiosity sped from one end of the carriage to the other and every head was stretched out lending ear with rapt attention fortunately pierre had a clear powerful voice and made himself distinctly heard above the wheels which now that the train travelled across a vast level plain gave out but a subdued rumbling sound before beginning however the young priest had examined the book it was one of those little works of propaganda issued from the catholic printing presses and circulated in profusion throughout all christendom badly printed on wretched paper it was adorned on its blue cover with a little woodcut of our lady of lourdes a naive design alike stiff and awkward the book itself was short and half an hour would certainly suffice for pierre to read it from cover to cover without hurrying accordingly in his fine clear voice with its penetrating musical tones he began his perusal as follows it happened at lourdes a little town near the pyrenees on a thursday february eleventh eighteen fifty eight the weather was cold and somewhat cloudy and in the humble home of a poor but honest miller named francois soubirou there was no wood to cook the dinner the miller's wife louise said to her younger daughter marie go and gather some wood on the bank of the gave or on the common land the gave is a torrent which passes through lourdes marie had an elder sister named bernadette who had lately arrived from the country where some worthy villagers had employed her as a shepherdess she was a slender delicate extremely innocent child and knew nothing except her rosary louise soubirou hesitated to send her out with her sister on account of the cold but at last yielding to the entreaties of marie and a young girl of the neighbourhood called jeanne abadie 
she consented to let her go following the bank of the torrent and gathering stray fragments of dead wood the three maidens at last found themselves in front of a grotto hollowed out in a huge mass of rock which the people of the district called Massabielle. pierre had reached this point and was turning the page when he suddenly paused and let the little book fall on his knees the childish character of the narrative its ready-made empty phraseology filled him with impatience he himself possessed quite a collection of documents concerning this extraordinary story had passionately studied even its most trifling details and in the depths of his heart retained a feeling of tender affection and infinite pity for bernadette he had just reflected too that on the very next day he would be able to begin that decisive inquiry which he had formerly dreamt of making at lourdes in fact this was one of the reasons which had induced him to accompany marie on her journey and he was now conscious of an awakening of all his curiosity respecting the visionary whom he loved because he felt that she had been a girl of candid soul truthful and ill-fated though at the same time he would much have liked to analyse and explain her case assuredly she had not lied she had indeed beheld a vision and heard voices like joan of arc and like joan of arc also she was now in the opinion of the devout accomplishing the deliverance of france from sin if not from invaders pierre wondered what force could have produced her her and her work how was it that the visionary faculty had become developed in that lowly girl so distracting believing souls as to bring about a renewal of the miracles of primitive times as to found almost a new religion in the midst of a holy city built at an outlay of millions and ever invaded by crowds of worshippers more numerous and more exalted in mind than had ever been known since the days of the crusades and so ceasing to read the book pierre began to tell his companions all that he knew all that he had divined and reconstructed of that story which is yet so obscure despite the vast rivers of ink which it has already caused to flow he knew the country and its manners and customs through his long conversations with his friend dr chassaigne and he was endowed with charming fluency of language an emotional power of exquisite purity many remarkable gifts well fitting him to be a pulpit orator which he never made use of although he had known them to be within him ever since his seminary days when the occupants of the carriage perceived that he knew the story far better and in far greater detail than it appeared in marie's little book and that he related it also in such a gentle yet passionate way there came an increase of attention and all those afflicted souls hungering for happiness went forth towards him first came the story of bernadette's childhood at bartrez where she had grown up in the abode of her foster-mother madame lague who having lost an infant of her own had rendered those poor folks the soubirous the service of suckling and keeping their child for them bartrez a village of four hundred souls at a league or so from lourdes lay as it were in a desert oasis sequestered amidst greenery and far from any frequented highway the road dips down the few houses are scattered over grassland divided by hedges and planted with walnut and chestnut trees whilst the clear rivulets which are never silent follow the sloping banks beside the pathways and nothing rises on high save the small ancient romanesque church which is perched on a hillock covered with graves wooded slopes undulate upon all sides Patres lies in a hollow amidst grass of delicious freshness grass of intense greenness which is ever moist at the roots thanks to the eternal subterraneous expanse of water that descends from the mountains and bernadette who since becoming a big girl had paid for her keep by tending lambs was wont to take them with her season after season through all the greenery where she never met a soul it was only now and then from the summit of some slope that she saw the far-away mountains the pic du midi the pic de viscos those masses which rose up bright or gloomy according to the weather and which stretched away to other peaks lightly and faintly coloured vaguely and confusedly outlined like apparitions seen in dreams then came the home of the lagues where her cradle was still preserved a solitary silent house the last of the village a meadow planted with pear and apple trees and only separated from the open country by a narrow stream which one could jump across stretched out in front of the house inside the latter a low and damp abode there were on either side of the wooden stairway leading to the loft but two spacious rooms flagged with stones and each containing four or five beds the girls who slept together fell asleep at even gazing at the fine pictures affixed to the walls whilst the big clock in its pinewood case gravely struck the hours in the midst of the deep silence ah those years of bartres in what sweet peacefulness did bernadette live them 
yet she grew up very thin always in bad health suffering from a nervous asthma which stifled her at the least veering of the wind and on attaining her twelfth year she could neither read nor write nor speak otherwise than in dialect having remained quite infantile behindhand in mind as in body she was a very good little girl very gentle and well behaved and but little different to other children except that instead of talking she preferred to listen limited as was her intelligence she often evinced much natural common sense and at times was prompt in her repartee with a kind of simple gaiety which made one smile it was only with infinite trouble that she was taught her rosary and when she knew it she seemed bent on carrying her knowledge no further but repeated it all day long so that whenever you met her with her lambs she invariably had her chaplet between her fingers diligently telling each successive pater and ave for long long hours she lived like this on the grassy slopes of the hills hidden away and haunted as it were amidst the mysteries of the foliage seeing naught of the world save the crests of the distant mountains which for an instant every now and then would soar aloft in the radiant light as ethereal as the peaks of dreamland days followed days and bernadette roamed dreaming her one narrow dream repeating the sole prayer she knew which gave her amidst her solitude so fresh and naively infantile no other companion and friend than the blessed virgin but what pleasant evenings she spent at winter-time in the room on the left where a fire was kept burning her foster-mother had a brother a priest who occasionally read some marvellous stories to them stories of saints prodigious adventures of a kind to make one tremble with mingled fear and joy in which paradise appeared upon earth whilst the heavens opened and a glimpse was caught of the splendour of the angels the books he brought with him were often full of pictures god the father enthroned amidst his glory jesus so gentle and so handsome with his beaming face the blessed virgin who recurred again and again radiant with splendour clad now in white now in asia now in gold and ever so amiable that bernadette would see her again in her dreams but the book which was read more than all the others was the bible an old bible which had been in the family for more than a hundred years and which time and usage had turned yellow each winter evening bernadette's foster-father the only member of the household who had learned to read would take a pin pass it at random between the leaves of the book open the latter and then start reading from the top of the right-hand page amidst the deep attention of both the women and the children who ended by knowing the book by heart and could have continued reciting it without making a single mistake however bernadette for her part preferred the religious works in which the blessed virgin constantly appeared with her engaging smile true one reading of a different character amused her that of the marvellous story of the four brothers amon on the yellow paper cover of the little book which had doubtless fallen from the bale of some peddler who had lost his way in that remote region there was a naive cut showing the four doughty knights renaud and his brothers all mounted on bayard their famous battle-charger that princely present made to them by the fairy orlanda and inside were narratives of bloody fights of the building and besieging of fortresses of the terrible sword-thrusts exchanged by roland and renaud who was at last about to free the holy land without mentioning the tales of mogi the magician and his marvellous enchantments and the princess clarisse the king of aquitaine's sister who was more lovely than sunlight her imagination fired by such stories as these bernadette often found it difficult to get to sleep and this was especially the case on the evenings when the books were left aside and some person of the company related a tale of witchcraft the girl was very superstitious and after sundown could never be prevailed upon to pass near a tower in the vicinity which was said to be haunted by the fiend for that matter all the folks of the region were superstitious devout and simple-minded the whole countryside being peopled so to say with mysteries trees which sang stones from which blood flowed crossroads where it was necessary to say three paters and three aves if you did not wish to meet the seven-horned beast who carried maidens off to perdition and what a wealth of terrifying stories there was hundreds of stories so that there was no finishing on the evenings when somebody started them first came the werewolf adventures the tales of the unhappy men whom the demon forced to enter into the bodies of dogs the great white dogs of the mountains if you fire a gun at the dog and a single shot should strike him the man will be delivered but if the shot should fall on the dog's shadow the man will immediately die then came the endless procession of sorcerers and sorceresses in one of these tales bernadette evinced a passionate interest it was the story of a clerk of the tribunal of lourdes who wishing to see the devil was conducted by a witch into an untilled field at midnight on good friday 
the devil arrived clad in magnificent scarlet garments and at once proposed to the clerk that he should buy his soul an offer which the clerk pretended to accept it so happened that the devil was carrying under his arm a register in which different persons of the town who had already sold themselves had signed their names however the clerk who was a cunning fellow pulled out of his pocket a pretended bottle of ink which in reality contained holy water and with this he sprinkled the devil who raised frightful shrieks whilst the clerk took to flight carrying the register off with him then began a wild mad race which might last throughout the night over the mountains through the valleys across the forests and the torrents give me back my register shouted the fiend no you shan't have it replied the clerk and again and again it began afresh give me back my register no you shan't have it and at last finding himself out of breath near the point of succumbing the clerk who had his plan threw himself into the cemetery which was consecrated ground and was there able to deride the devil at his ease waving the register which he had purloined so as to save the souls of all the unhappy people who had signed their names in it on the evening when this story was told bernadette before surrendering herself to sleep would mentally repeat her rosary delighted with the thought that hell should have been baffled though she trembled at the idea that it would surely return to prowl around her as soon as the lamp should have been put out throughout one winter the long evenings were spent in the church abbe adere the village priest had authorized it and many families came in order to economize oil and candles moreover they felt less cold when gathered together in this fashion the bible was read and prayers were repeated whilst the children ended by falling asleep bernadette alone struggled on to the finish so pleased she was at being there in that narrow nave whose slender nervures were coloured blue and red at the farther end was the altar also painted and gilded with its twisted columns and its screens on which appeared the virgin and saint anne and the beheading of saint john the baptist the whole of a gaudy and somewhat barbaric splendour and as sleepiness grew upon her the child must have often seen a mystical vision as it were of those crudely coloured designs rising before her have seen the blood flowing from st john's severed head have seen the aureolas shining the virgin ever returning and gazing at her with her blue living eyes and looking as though she were on the point of opening her vermilion lips in order to speak to her for some months bernadette spent her evenings in this wise half asleep in front of that sumptuous vaguely defined altar in the incipiency of a divine dream which she carried away with her and finished in bed slumbering peacefully under the watchful care of her guardian angel and it was also in that old church so humble yet so impregnated with ardent faith that bernadette began to learn her catechism she would soon be fourteen now and must think of her first communion her foster-mother who had the reputation of being avaricious did not send her to school but employed her in or about the house from morning till evening Monsieur barbet the schoolmaster never saw her at his classes though one day when he gave the catechism lesson in the place of abbe adere who was indisposed he remarked her on account of her piety and modesty the village priest was very fond of bernadette and often spoke of her to the schoolmaster saying that he could never look at her without thinking of the children of la salette since they must have been good candid and pious as she was for the blessed virgin to have appeared to them on another occasion whilst the two men were walking one morning near the village and saw bernadette disappear with her little flock under some spreading trees in the distance the abbe repeatedly turned round to look for her and again remarked i cannot account for it but every time i meet that child it seems to me as if i saw melanie the young shepherdess little maximin's companion he was certainly beset by this singular idea which became so to say a prediction moreover had he not one day after catechism or one evening when the villagers were gathered in the church related that marvellous story which was already twelve years old that story of the lady in the dazzling robes who walked upon the grass without even making it bend the blessed virgin who showed herself to melanie and maximine on the banks of a stream in the mountains and confided to them a great secret and announced the anger of her son ever since that day a source had sprung up from the tears which she had shed a source which cured all ailments whilst the secret inscribed on parchment fastened with three seals slumbered at rome and bernadette no doubt with her dreamy silent air had listened passionately to that wonderful tale and carried it off with her into the desert of foliage where she spent her days so that she might live it over again as she walked along behind her lambs with her rosary slipping bead by bead between her slender fingers thus her childhood ran its course at bartres 
that which delighted one in this bernadette so poor-blooded so slight of build was her ecstatic eyes beautiful visionary eyes from which dreams soared aloft like birds winging their flight in a pure limpid sky her mouth was large with lips somewhat thick expressive of kindliness her square-shaped head had a straight brow and was covered with thick black hair whilst her face would have seemed rather common but for its charming expression of gentle obstinacy those who did not gaze into her eyes however gave her no thought to them she was but an ordinary child a poor thing of the roads a child of reluctant growth timidly humble in her ways assuredly it was in her glance that abbe adere had with agitation detected the stifling ailment which filled her puny girlish form with suffering that ailment born of the greeny solitude in which she had grown up the gentleness of her bleating lambs the angelic salutation which she had carried with her hither and thither under the sky repeating and repeating it to the point of hallucination the prodigious stories too which she had heard folk tell at her foster-mother's the long evenings spent before the living altar-screens in the church and all the atmosphere of primitive faith which she had breathed in that far-away rural region hemmed in by mountains at last on one seventh of january bernadette had just reached her fourteenth birthday when her parents finding that she had learnt nothing at bartres resolved to bring her back to lourdes for good in order that she might diligently study her catechism and in this wise seriously prepare herself for her first communion and so it happened that she had already been at lourdes some fifteen or twenty days when on february eleven a thursday cold and somewhat cloudy but pierre could carry his narrative no further for sister hyacinthe had risen to her feet and was vigorously clapping her hands my children she exclaimed it is past nine o'clock silence silence the train had indeed just passed la motte and was rolling with a dull rumble across a sea of darkness the endless plains of the land which the night submerged for ten minutes already not a sound ought to have been heard in the carriage one and all ought to have been sleeping or suffering uncomplainingly however a mutiny broke out oh sister exclaimed marie whose eyes were sparkling allow us just another short quarter of an hour we have got to the most interesting part ten twenty voices took up the cry oh yes sister please do let us have another short quarter of an hour they all wished to hear the continuation burning with as much curiosity as though they had not known the story so captivated were they by the touches of compassionate human feeling which pierre introduced into his narrative their glances never left him all their heads were stretched towards him fantastically illumined by the flickering light of the lamps and it was not only the sick who displayed this interest the ten women occupying the compartment at the far end of the carriage had also become impassioned and happy at not missing a single word turned their poor ugly faces now beautified by naive faith no i cannot sister hyacinthe at first declared the rules are very strict you must be silent however she weakened she herself feeling so interested in the tale that she could detect her heart beating under her stomacher then marie again repeated her request in an entreating tone whilst her father monsieur de guersin who had listened like one hugely amused declared that they would all fall ill if the story were not continued and thereupon seeing madame de jonquiere smile with an indulgent air sister hyacinthe ended by consenting well then said she i will allow you another short quarter of an hour but only a short quarter of an hour mind that is understood is it not for i should otherwise be in fault pierre had waited quietly without attempting to intervene and he resumed his narrative in the same penetrating voice as before a voice in which his own doubts were softened by pity for those who suffer and who hope the scene of the story was now transferred to lourdes to the rue des petits fossés a narrow tortuous mournful street taking a downward course between humble houses and roughly plastered dead walls the soubirou family occupied a single room on the ground floor of one of these sorry habitations a room at the end of a dark passage in which seven persons were huddled together the father the mother and five children you could scarcely see in the chamber from the tiny damp inner courtyard of the house there came but a greenish light and in that room they slept all of a heap and there also they ate when they had bread for some time past the father a miller by trade could only with difficulty obtain work as a journeyman and it was from that dark hole that lowly wretchedness that bernadette the elder girl with marie her sister and jeanne a little friend of the neighbourhood went out to pick up dead wood on the cold february thursday already spoken of then the beautiful tale was unfolded at length 
how the three girls followed the bank of the gave from the other side of the castle and how they ended by finding themselves on the Ile du chalet in front of the rock of massabiel from which they were only separated by the narrow stream diverted from the gave and used for working the mill of savy it was a wild spot whither the common herdsmen often brought the pigs of the neighbourhood which when showers suddenly came on would take shelter under this rock of massabiel at whose base there was a kind of grotto of no great depth blocked at the entrance by eglantine and brambles the girls found dead wood very scarce that day but at last on seeing on the other side of the stream quite a gleaning of branches deposited there by the torrent marie and jeanne crossed over through the water whilst bernadette more delicate than they were a trifle young ladyfied perhaps remained on the bank lamenting and not daring to wet her feet she was suffering slightly from humour in the head and her mother had expressly bidden her to wrap herself in her capulet a large white capulet which contrasted vividly with her old black woollen dress when she found that her companions would not help her she resignedly made up her mind to take off her sabots and pull down her stockings it was then about noon the three strokes of the angelus rang out from the parish church rising into the broad calm winter sky which was somewhat veiled by fine fleecy clouds and it was then that a great agitation arose within her resounding in her ears with such a tempestuous roar that she fancied a hurricane had descended from the mountains and was passing over her but she looked at the trees and was stupefied for not a leaf was stirring then she thought that she had been mistaken and was about to pick up her sabots when again the great gust swept through her but this time the disturbance in the ears reached her eyes and she no longer saw the trees but was dazzled by a whiteness a kind of bright light which seemed to her to settle itself against the rock in a narrow lofty slit above the grotto not unlike an ogival window of a cathedral in her fright she fell upon her knees what could it be mon dieu sometimes during bad weather when her asthma oppressed her more than usual she spent very bad nights incessantly dreaming dreams which were often painful and whose stifling effect she retained on awaking even when she had ceased to remember anything flames would surround her the sun would flash before her face had she dreamt in that fashion during the previous night was this the continuation of some forgotten dream however little by little a form became outlined she believed that she could distinguish a figure which the livid light rendered intensely white in her fear lest it should be the devil for her mind was haunted by tales of witchcraft she began to tell her beads and when the light had slowly faded away and she had crossed the canal and joined marie and jeanne she was surprised to find that neither of them had seen anything whilst they were picking up the wood in front of the grotto on their way back to lourdes the three girls talked together so she bernadette had seen something then what was it at first feeling uneasy and somewhat ashamed she would not answer but at last she said that she had seen something white from this the rumours started and grew the soubirous on being made acquainted with the circumstance evinced much displeasure at such childish nonsense and told their daughter that she was not to return to the rock of massabiel all the children of the neighbourhood however were already repeating the tale and when sunday came the parents had to give way and allow bernadette to betake herself to the grotto with a bottle of holy water to ascertain if it were really the devil whom one had to deal with she then again beheld the light the figure became more clearly defined and smiled upon her evincing no fear whatever of the holy water and on the ensuing thursday she once more returned to the spot accompanied by several persons and then for the first time the radiant lady assumed sufficient corporality to speak and say to her do me the kindness to come here for fifteen days thus little by little the lady had assumed a precise appearance the something clad in white had become indeed a lady more beautiful than a queen of a kind such as is only seen in pictures at first in presence of the questions with which all the neighbours plied her from morning till evening bernadette had hesitated disturbed perhaps by scruples of conscience but then as though prompted by the very interrogatories to which she was subjected she seemed to perceive the figure which she had beheld more plainly so that it definitely assumed life with lines and hues from which the child in her after descriptions never departed the lady's eyes were blue and very mild her mouth was rosy and smiling the oval of her face expressed both the grace of youth and of maternity below the veil covering her head and falling to her heels only a glimpse was caught of her admirable fair hair which was slightly curled her robe which was of dazzling whiteness must have been of some material unknown on earth some material woven of the sun's rays 
her sash of the same hue as the heavens was fastened loosely about her its long ends streaming downwards with the light airiness of morning her chaplet wound about her right arm had beads of a milky whiteness whilst the links and the cross were of gold and on her bare feet on her adorable feet of virgin snow flowered two golden roses the mystic roses of this divine mother's immaculate flesh where was it that bernadette had seen this blessed virgin of such traditionally simple composition unadorned by a single jewel having but the primitive grace imagined by the painters of a people in its childhood in which illustrated book belonging to her foster mother's brother the good priest who read such attractive stories had she beheld this virgin or in what picture or what statuette or what stained-glass window of the painted and gilded church where she had spent so many evenings whilst growing up and whence above all things had come those golden roses poised on the virgin's feet that piously imagined florescence of woman's flesh from what romance of chivalry from what story told after catechism by the abbe adere from what unconscious dream indulged in under the shady foliage of bartres whilst ever and ever repeating that haunting angelic salutation pierre's voice had acquired a yet more feeling tone for if he did not say all these things to the simple-minded folks who were listening to him still the human explanation of all these prodigies which the feeling of doubt in the depths of his being strove to supply imparted to his narrative a quiver of sympathetic fraternal love he loved bernadette the better for the great charm of her hallucination that lady of such gracious access such perfect amiability such politeness in appearing and disappearing so appropriately at first the great light would show itself then the vision took form came and went leant forward moved about floating imperceptibly with ethereal lightness and when it vanished the glow lingered for yet another moment and then disappeared like a star fading away no lady in this world could have such a white and rosy face with a beauty so akin to that of the virgins on the picture cards given to children at their first communions and it was strange that the eglantine of the grotto did not even hurt her adorable bare feet blooming with golden flowers pierre however at once proceeded to recount the other apparitions the fourth and fifth occurred on the friday and the saturday but the lady who shone so brightly and who had not yet told her name contented herself on these occasions with smiling and saluting without pronouncing a single word on the sunday however she wept and said to bernadette pray for sinners on the monday to the child's great grief she did not appear wishing no doubt to try her but on the tuesday she confided to her a secret which concerned her the girl alone a secret which she was never to divulge and then she at last told her what mission it was that she entrusted to her go and tell the priests she said that they must build a chapel here on the wednesday she frequently murmured the word penitence 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 which the child repeated afterwards kissing the earth on the thursday the lady said to her go and drink and wash at the spring and eat of the grass that is beside it words which the visionary ended by understanding when in the depths of the grotto a source suddenly sprang up beneath her fingers and this was the miracle of the enchanted fountain then the second week ran its course the lady did not appear on the friday but was punctual on the five following days repeating her commands and gazing with a smile at the humble girl whom she had chosen to do her bidding and who on her side told her beads at each apparition kissed the earth and repaired on her knees to the source there to drink and wash at last on thursday march four the last day of these mystical assignations the lady requested more pressingly than before that a chapel might be erected in order that the nations might come thither in procession from all parts of the earth so far however in reply to all bernadette's appeals she had refused to say who she was and it was only three weeks later on thursday march twenty five that joining her hands together and raising her eyes to heaven she said i am the immaculate conception on two other occasions at somewhat long intervals april seven and july sixteen she again appeared the first time to perform the miracle of the lighted taper that taper above which the child plunged in ecstasy for a long time unconsciously left her hand without burning it and the second time to bid bernadette farewell to favour her with a last smile and a last inclination of the head full of charming politeness this made eighteen apparitions all told and never again did the lady show herself whilst pierre went on with his beautiful marvellous story so soothing to the wretched he evoked for himself a vision of that pitiable lovable bernadette whose sufferings had flowered so wonderfully 
as a doctor had roughly expressed it this girl of fourteen at a critical period of her life already ravaged too by asthma was after all simply an exceptional victim of hysteria afflicted with a degenerate heredity and lapsing into infancy if there were no violent crises in her case if there were no stiffening of the muscles during her attacks if she retained a precise recollection of her dreams the reason was that her case was peculiar to herself and she added so to say a new and very curious form to all the forms of hysteria known at the time miracles only begin when things cannot be explained and science so far knows and can explain so little so infinitely does the phenomena of disease vary according to the nature of the patient but how many shepherdesses there had been before bernadette who had seen the virgin in a similar way amidst all the same childish nonsense was it not always the same story the lady clad in light the secret confided the spring bursting forth the mission which had to be fulfilled the miracles whose enchantments would convert the masses and was not the personal appearance of the virgin always in accordance with a poor child's dreams akin to some coloured figure in a missal an ideal compounded of traditional beauty gentleness and politeness and the same dreams showed themselves in the naivete of the means which were to be employed and of the object which was to be attained the deliverance of nations the building of churches the processional pilgrimages of the faithful then too all the words which fell from heaven resembled one another calls for penitence promises of help and in this respect in bernadette's case the only new feature was that most extraordinary declaration i am the immaculate conception which burst forth very usefully as the recognition by the blessed virgin herself of the dogma promulgated by the court of rome but three years previously it was not the immaculate virgin who appeared no it was the immaculate conception the abstraction itself the thing the dogma so that one might well ask oneself if really the virgin had spoken in such a fashion as for the other words it was possible that bernadette had heard them somewhere and stored them up in some unconscious nook of her memory but these i am the immaculate conception whence had they come as though expressly to fortify a dogma still bitterly discussed with such prodigious support as the direct testimony of the mother conceived without sin at this thought pierre who was convinced of bernadette's absolute good faith who refused to believe that she had been the instrument of a fraud began to waver deeply agitated feeling his belief in truth totter within him the apparitions however had caused intense emotion at lourdes crowds flocked to the spot miracles began and those inevitable persecutions broke out which ensure the triumph of new religions abbe Ramal, the parish priest of lourdes an extremely honest man with an upright vigorous mind was able in all truth to declare that he did not know this child that she had not yet been seen at catechism where was the pressure then where the lesson learnt by heart there was nothing but those years of childhood spent at bartres the first teachings of abbe Adair, conversations possibly religious ceremonies in honour of the recently proclaimed dogma or simply the gift of one of those commemorative medals which had been scattered in profusion never did abbe Adair reappear upon the scene he who had predicted the mission of the future visionary he was destined to remain apart from bernadette and her future career he who the first had seen her little soul blossom in his pious hands and yet all the unknown forces that had sprung from that sequestered village from that nook of greenery where superstition and poverty of intelligence prevailed were still making themselves felt disturbing the brains of men disseminating the contagion of the mysterious it was remembered that a shepherd of Argelès, speaking of the rock of Massabiel, had prophesied that great things would take place there. Other children, moreover, now fell in ecstasy, with their eyes dilated and their limbs quivering with convulsions, but these only saw the devil. A whirlwind of madness seemed to be passing over the region. An old lady of Lourdes declared that Bernadette was simply a witch, and that she had herself seen the toad's foot in her eye. But for the others, for the thousands of pilgrims who hastened to the spot, she was a saint and they kissed her garments sobs burst forth and frenzy seemed to seize upon the souls of the beholders when she fell upon her knees before the grotto a lighted taper in her right hand whilst with the left she told the beads of her rosary she became very pale and quite beautiful transfigured so to say her features gently ascended in her face lengthened into an expression of extraordinary beatitude whilst her eyes filled with light and her lips parted as though she was speaking words which could not be heard and it was quite certain that she had no will of her own left her penetrated as she was by her dream possessed by it to such a point in the confined exclusive sphere in which she lived that she continued dreaming it even when awake 
and thus accepted it as the only indisputable reality prepared to testify to it even at the cost of her blood repeating it over and over again obstinately stubbornly clinging to it and never varying in the details she gave she did not lie for she did not know could not and would not desire anything apart from it forgetful of the flight of time pierre was now sketching a charming picture of old lourdes that pious little town slumbering at the foot of the pyrenees the castle perched on a rock at the point of intersection of the seven valleys of lavedan had formerly been the key of the mountain districts but in bernadette's time it had become a mere dismantled ruined pile at the entrance of a road leading nowhere modern life found its march stayed by a formidable rampart of lofty snow-capped peaks and only the transpyrenean railway had it been constructed could have established an active circulation of social life in that sequestered nook where human existence stagnated like dead water forgotten therefore lourdes remained slumbering happy and sluggish amidst its old-time peacefulness with its narrow pebble-paved streets and its black houses with dressings of marble the old roofs were still all massed on the eastern side of the castle the rue de la grotte then called the rue du bois was but a deserted and often impassable road no houses stretched down to the garvers now and the scum-laden waters rolled through a perfect solitude of pollard willows and tall grass on weekdays but few people passed across the place du marcadal such as housewives hastening on errands and petty cits airing their leisure hours and you had to wait till sundays or fair days to find the inhabitants rigged out in their best clothes and assembled on the champ commun in company with the crowd of graziers who had come down from the distant tablelands with their cattle during the season when people resort to the pyrenean waters the passage of the visitors to cauteret and bagnères also brought some animation diligences passed through the town twice a day but they came from po by a wretched road and had to ford the lapaca which often overflowed its banks then climbing the steep ascent of the rue basse they skirted the terrace of the church which was shaded by large elms and what soft peacefulness prevailed in and around that old semi-spanish church full of ancient carvings columns screens and statues peopled with visionary patches of gilding and painted flesh which time had mellowed and which you faintly discerned as by the light of mystical lamps the whole population came there to worship to fill their eyes with the dream of the mysterious there were no unbelievers the inhabitants of lourdes were a people of primitive faith each corporation marched behind the banner of its saint brotherhoods of all kinds united the entire town on festival mornings in one large christian family and as with some exquisite flower that has grown in the soil of its choice great purity of life reigned there there was not even a resort of debauchery for young men to wreck their lives and the girls one and all grew up with the perfume and beauty of innocence under the eyes of the blessed virgin tower of ivory and seat of wisdom and how well one could understand that bernadette born in that holy soil should flower in it like one of nature's roses budding in the wayside bushes she was indeed the very florescence of that region of ancient belief and rectitude she would certainly not have sprouted elsewhere she could only appear and develop there amidst that belated race amidst the slumberous peacefulness of a childlike people under the moral discipline of religion and what intense love at once burst forth all around her what blind confidence was displayed in her mission what immense consolation and hope came to human hearts on the very morrow of the first miracles a long cry of relief had greeted the cure of old bourriette recovering his sight and of little justin bouor coming to life again in the icy water of the spring at last then the blessed virgin was intervening in favour of those who despaired forcing that unkind mother nature to be just and charitable this was divine omnipotence returning to reign on earth sweeping the laws of the world aside in order to work the happiness of the suffering and the poor the miracles multiplied blazed forth from day to day more and more extraordinary like unimpeachable proof of bernadette's veracity and she was indeed the rose of the divine garden whose deeds shed perfume the rose who beholds all the other flowers of grace and salvation spring into being around her pierre had reached this point of his story and was again enumerating the miracles on the point of recounting the prodigious triumph of the grotto when sister hyacinthe awaking with a start from the ecstasy into which the narrative had plunged her hastily rose to her feet really really said she there is no sense in it it will soon be eleven o'clock this was true they had left morceau behind them and would now soon be at mont de marsin so sister hyacinthe clapped her hands once more and added silence my children silence 
this time they did not dare to rebel for they felt she was in the right they were unreasonable but how greatly they regretted not hearing the continuation how vexed they were that the story should cease when only half told the ten women in the further compartment even let a murmur of disappointment escape them whilst the sick their faces still outstretched their dilated eyes gazing upon the light of hope seemed to be yet listening those miracles which ever and ever returned to their minds filled them with unlimited haunting supernatural joy and don't let me hear any one breathe even added sister hyacinthe gaily or otherwise i shall impose penance on you madame de jonquiere laughed good-naturedly you must obey my children she said be good and get to sleep so that you may have strength to pray at the grotto to-morrow with all your hearts then silence fell nobody spoke any further and the only sounds were those of the rumbling of the wheels and the jolting of the train as it was carried along at full speed through the black night pierre however was unable to sleep beside him m de guersin was already snoring lightly looking very happy despite the hardness of his seat for a time the young priest saw marie's eyes wide open still full of all the radiance of the marvels that he had related for a long while she kept them ardently fixed upon his own but at last closed them and then he knew not whether she was sleeping or with eyelids simply closed was living the everlasting miracle over again some of the sufferers were dreaming aloud giving vent to bursts of laughter which unconscious moans interrupted perhaps they beheld the archangels opening their flesh to wrest their diseases from them others restless with insomnia turned over and over stifling their sobs and gazing fixedly into the darkness and with a shudder born of all the mystery he had evoked pierre distracted no longer master of himself in that delirious sphere of fraternal suffering ended by hating his very mind and drawn into close communion with all those humble folks sought to believe like them what could be the use of that physiological inquiry into bernadette's case so full of gaps and intricacies why should he not accept her as a messenger from the spheres beyond as one of the elect chosen for the divine mystery doctors were but ignorant men with rough and brutal hands and it would be so delightful to fall asleep in childlike faith in the enchanted gardens of the impossible and for a moment indeed he surrendered himself experiencing a delightful feeling of comfort no longer seeking to explain anything but accepting the visionary with her sumptuous cortege of miracles and relying on god to think and determine for him then he looked out through the window which they did not dare to open on account of the consumptive patients and beheld the immeasurable night which enwrapped the country across which the train was fleeing the storm must have burst forth there the sky was now of an admirable nocturnal purity as though cleansed by the masses of fallen water large stars shone out in the dark velvet alone illumining with their mysterious gleams the silent refreshed fields which incessantly displayed but the black solitude of a slumber and across the land through the valleys between the hills that carriage of wretchedness and suffering rolled on and on overheated pestilential rueful and wailing amidst the serenity of the august night so lovely and so mild they had passed Riesle at one in the morning between the jolting the painful hallucinatory silence still continued at two o'clock as they reached vic de bigorre low moans were heard the bad state of the line with the unbearable spreading tendency of the train's motion was sorely shaking the patients it was only at tarbes at half-past two that silence was at length broken and that morning prayers were said though black night still reigned around them there came first the pater and then the ave the credo and the supplication to god to grant them the happiness of a glorious day o god vouchsafe me sufficient strength that i may avoid all that is evil and do all that is good and suffer uncomplainingly every pain and now there was to be no further stoppage until they reached lourdes barely three more quarters of an hour and lourdes with all its vast hopes would blaze forth in the midst of that night so long and cruel their painful awakening was enfevered by the thought a final agitation arose amidst the morning discomfort as the abominable sufferings began afresh sister hyacinthe however was especially anxious about the strange man whose sweat-covered face she had been continually wiping he had so far managed to keep alive she watching him without a pause never having once closed her eyes but unremittingly listening to his faint breathing with the stubborn desire to take him to the holy grotto before he died all at once however she felt frightened and addressing herself to madame de jonquiere she hastily exclaimed pray pass me the vinegar bottle at once i can no longer hear him breathe 
for an instant indeed the man's faint breathing had ceased his eyes were still closed his lips parted he could not have been paler he had an ashen hue and was cold and the carriage was still rolling along with its ceaseless rattle of coupling irons the speed of the train seemed even to have increased i will rub his temples resumed sister hyacinthe help me do but at a more violent jolt of the train the man suddenly fell from the seat face downward ah oh, mon dieu help me pick him up they picked him up and found him dead and they had to seat him in his corner again with his back resting against the woodwork he remained there erect his torso stiffened and his head wagging slightly at each successive jolt thus the train continued carrying him along with the same thundering noise of wheels while the engine well pleased no doubt to be reaching its destination began whistling shrilly giving vent to quite a flourish of delirious joy as it sped through the calm night and then came the last and seemingly endless half-hour of the journey in company with that wretched corpse two big tears had rolled down sister hyacinthe's cheeks and with her hands joined she had begun to pray the whole carriage shuddered with terror at sight of that terrible companion who was being taken too late alas to the blessed virgin hope however proved stronger than sorrow or pain and although all the sufferings there assembled awoke and grew again irritated by overwhelming weariness a song of joy nevertheless proclaimed the sufferer's triumphal entry into the land of miracles amidst the tears which their pains drew from them the exasperated and howling sick began to chant the ave maris stella with a growing clamour in which lamentation finally turned into cries of hope marie had again taken pierre's hand between her little feverish fingers oh mon dieu said she to think that poor man is dead and i feared so much that it was i who would die before arriving and we are there there at last the priest was trembling with intense emotion it means that you are to be cured marie he replied and that i myself shall be cured if you pray for me the engine was now whistling in a yet louder key in the depths of the bluey darkness they were nearing their destination the lights of lourdes already shone out on the horizon then the whole train again sang a canticle the rhymed story of bernadette that endless ballad of six times ten couplets in which the angelic salutation ever returns as a refrain all besetting and distracting opening to the human mind the portals of the heaven of ecstasy it was the hour for evening prayer soft bells chimed on the chilly air ave 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 maria the maid stood on the torrent's bank a breeze arose then swiftly sank ave 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 maria and she beheld e'en as it fell the virgin on masabiel ave 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 maria all white appeared the lady chaste a zone of heaven round her waist ave 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 maria two golden roses pure and sweet bloomed brightly on her naked feet ave 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 maria upon her arm all white and round her chaplet's milky beads were wound ave 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 maria the maid prayed on till from her eyes the vision sped to paradise ave 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 maria end of section five